rise from your grave. gentlemen creepies and crawlies ghouls and ghosts <laughs> welcome one and all to episode number six of the silver emulsion podcast <laughs> all right uh, we're off to a rousing start and uh you know i feel like i need uh, some kind of a uh, intro to these things I every I, do i say that every time maybe that is my intro maybe a call for an intro is my intro i don't know i i just feel like uh it's missing something you know bill burr's got the you know how are you and uh the, just check it in on you <laughs> mark maron's got his thing the fucking uh how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucking ears what the fuck nuts <laughs> What the fuck sticks? <laughs> what the fuckleberry fins? <laughs> you know, he's got that thing and just something to, I don't know, kick off the show. But uh, I don't have that. That's okay. I'll figure it out one of these days. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just uh, lament the fact that I don't have one. <laughs> Alright, so uh, episode number six Halloween. Woo! <laughs> you got your costumes ready? Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I watched a bunch of movies. I, 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 I could probably talk about a couple for uh, the, the standard feature thing, but I don't really feel like doing that. Um, so I'm just going to throw them all in the back end and I'm going to go to Letterboxd and do another, uh, horror film Ramblegeddon. Uh, this time it'll be on 1981. So, like I said, uh, I do want to keep the series going, so I'm going to keep it rolling and I'll go through the 80s and maybe a little bit of the 90s up until, uh, shit got shitty. <laughs> <laughs> by uh, my standards uh, if I don't care about if you don't if you like the 90s late 90s horror movies it doesn't matter to me it's my show <laughs> all right um, so I've turned off uh, half of the listenership maybe I don't know I'm assuming that people are listening to this uh, okay so a uh, little rambling intro there. Uh, let's go into the feedback. Now, I gotta say, feedback, I feel weird reading it verbatim, but I 
probably should, but it, I don't know. There's something about it that just feels odd to me. Uh, so, uh, but that doesn't matter. All right, so feedback. Uh, episode 3, Messiah of Evil. Um, a good buddy, Evan Para, came back, and uh, he says, It's weird. I checked out Messiah of Evil on a whim at the video store out here not too long ago, uh, not knowing squat about it. My socks got blown off watching it. <laughs> There's some scenes in there, like in the supermarket, the theater, etc., that were perfectly executed in giving the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> What's weird is not two days later after watching it, I was unloading packages at a shitty FedEx job that I quit, and I ended up coming by the 35mm film cans of Messiah of Evil. I tried telling my burly co-worker of what an amazing coincidence that was, but he basically just farted in my, <laughs> in my direction. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's weird seeing you review it, too. Uh, it deserves some more attention. A very underrated gem, I think. Keep up the podcast. They're better than gold. They're silver. Silveremulsion.com. All right. Thanks, Evan. Uh, I do, uh, I, I got to say, I miss the uh, the Evan original Silver Emulsion plugs from uh, the old Gourmet Gamer podcast. Um, I, I don't want to tip my hand too much here, but... <laughs> I did have a plan, and it'll probably take me a long time to do this, so uh, it's probably just a little teaser. <laughs> I did mean to go back to all those and cut them all out and then like throw them on a show once in a while. Um, so maybe you will hear that at, at a future date in the show. No, uh, no guarantees or timelines on that, though. Uh, but to respond to what Evan is saying, uh, he's right on. Messiah of Evil is, is uh, definitely an underrated gem that uh, horror fans should definitely check out. And I don't think I even mentioned uh, the, the couple of scenes that he uh, singled out there, the supermarket and the theater scene. Uh, I don't even think I mentioned those because I, I don't know, I was getting uh, pretty deep into my fucking... <laughs> artistic risk obsession and I don't I don't think I mentioned too many actual specifics about the movie but the fucking supermarket scene and the theater scene are fucking great shit like pure horror pure filmmaking fucking beautiful shit um yeah so so while I remember I was saying something about the the movie feeling a little uh a little too artsy but those sequences specifically are like fucking textbook horror scenes they're brilliant stuff uh so yeah so thanks for bringing that up and uh reminding me and uh bringing it up to anybody that hasn't seen it before um those scenes are great because supermarket and the theater who hasn't been in either of those places and they're very average normal everyday places and then um the movie just makes them these fucking frightening, uh, like claustrophobic places that you're, you know, you're trapped in. It's 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 really great, really great stuff. Uh, so thanks for that, Evan. That was great. Um, next up, 
Stephen uh, in reference to the Boxer's Omen episode uh, last time. Uh, I was talking about in Mystics of Bali um, the the head that flies around with the the fucking guts and shit hanging from it. And so Stephen says that Krasu thing you were talking about sounds an awful lot like the Penang Penangalen. Is that right? I don't know how to say that, obviously. <laughs> Penangalan. Something like that. Anyway, the uh, which is one of the weirdest mythical creatures I've ever read about. The Penangalan is... <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> Fucking butchering <laughs> another culture's uh, creature. Um, uh... So uh, the Penangalang is a floating head with a bunch of entrails dangling from its neck, but it also has a body that it returns to when it's done flying around and drinking blood. But it's so bloated from its feasting that it can't fit inside the human body it attaches to, so it has to soak in vinegar until the swelling goes down and it can stuff itself down the neck hole of its body. It's some really weird shit. And wouldn't you know it, according to Wikipedia, the two are related. And then when you go uh, to the, the Wikipedia page that he linked for the uh, Penangalan, then it shows that it is a ghost of Southeast Asian folk mythology. And then it lists a whole bunch of uh, places that have this in their, uh, their culture, including... Like the movie that I watched, uh, Mystics in Bali, uh, it shows them, the Balinese, and they call it the Layak, and that is uh, what they called it in the movie, uh, which I couldn't remember uh, while I was talking about it before, which is, you know, to be expected of, of someone like me who's always forgetting shit. <laughs> um... But yeah, the th in the movie, there is a body, because it's this, this white girl who's learning the Layak magic, and so her body, like the head detaches from her body, flies around, sucks some blood, and then comes back. Um, it doesn't swell, though. It goes right back into the body um, in that movie. But I really like that, that little... Uh, detail of soaking in the vinegar until it goes down that's such uh, like a really cool detail that reminds me a lot of all the little weird details of uh, Boxer's Omen and stuff like that so uh, yeah I, I love it I love it <laughs> why can't American culture have some fucking flying heads with nasty guts and shit hanging from him. You know, why do we always... We just have some dumb shit. I mean, what do we have? We don't have nothing. We have fucking Jason. <laughs> I mean, Jason's cool, but... You know. I mean, we don't even have mythology. Do we even have mythology? I don't know. Well, I'm not going to be able to think of it right off the top of my head if we do. I mean, fucking Pecos Bill and shit. <laughs> uh, tall Tales and... Babe the Blue Ox and Paul Bunyan and shit. I mean, if Paul Bunyan heads fucking came off with some uh, entrails or something, 
I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so thanks for that, Stephen. That, that's really cool. I'm I'm always very interested in learning uh, a little deeper about these things that I see in the movies. And I don't know that I would have come around to the Penangalang on my own. So uh, that's great. Thank you very much. And then uh, I want to just look here. And it looks like Uncle Jasper said uh, in regards to the, the previous episode, episode number five. Uh, he says, "Ah, oh, fuck, dude. Your intro brought tears of joy to my eyes. Fucking Madman represent. Woo! I do love some Madman, and I know that you do, too. So, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of playing to the crowd. <laughs> playing to the, what's that shit? Preaching to the choir a little bit with uh, my choice there. But uh, I thought it was, you know, Madman is definitely a movie that needs some more love. So, I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, and also because it's uh, October, I needed uh, like horror-themed songs and shit <laughs> to open and close the shows, and I didn't have a whole lot of choice, and uh, so that one rose to the top very quickly. And then uh, Jasper also says that he recently watched The Fog again also, and uh, that he, he found the movie to be uh, way more realized than he originally gave it credit for. Uh, much like I did. And then uh, he says, I really enjoyed listening to your commentary on it. Well, thanks, dude. Uh, I I enjoyed speaking about the fog. I don't remember exactly what I said. I know I said something about the fog being uh, a character and fucking movie magic and all that shit. And so, yeah, fucking the fog. John Carpenter, man. So everybody go out and watch some John Carpenter because, you know, why not? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? All right. All right, so let's get right into uh, what will be the, the main portion of the show, uh, unless it goes really fast. The 1981 uh, horror films. So uh, once again, like like when I did 1980, I'm gonna go uh, onto Letterboxd and, and uh, single out the top 10 um, by popularity here on uh, Letterboxd, and then from there, uh, I'll just kind of blast through uh, the rest of the movies here and see if there's anything else worth uh, pointing out, and see where I go from there. So, number one on the list is a movie that is near and dear to my heart, and I hope it's near and dear to yours, because it's fucking, like, the best movie ever. Uh, it would be uh, Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead, the original. And I don't know about you, but The Evil Dead is the shit. Evil Dead, to me, is like one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Like, it's my favorite Evil Dead movie, probably. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of hard to say. Um because Evil Dead 2 is some dope shit. But I'm going to say it. Evil Dead 1 is my favorite of the three. Why is it my favorite? Well, a as a lover of um, B movies, and I should say low budget movies instead of B movies, um, 
and and of like a homespun charm and and uh, ingenuity of people without a lot of resources. I love all these things. It's one of the big reasons why I like low budget movies is because uh, you don't know. Uh, what you're going to get the filmmakers are are hungry they're trying they they want to you know make a great movie generally there's there's some low budget movies where they're not really trying but whatever in this case evil dead you got sam raimi you got bruce campbell uh, and they're at the beginning of their career they're they're basically just kids who are trying to make it so they're trying to make the best movie that they can and so if you think about where that movie comes from the place of being a bunch of young people I don't know exactly how old they were they were probably like 20 21 something like that I don't think they were any younger than that um, I, I believe they were already in or out of college I don't know but anyway, young 20s, I could look it up, but <laughs> that'd take too long. Um, so you're young, you want to make movies, you really love movies, and then they just made Evil Dead. Like, if, if I got together and made a movie in my early 20s... <laughs> which I did, not a feature, but I, I made a couple of little short movies. Uh, not great. <laughs> These guys made fucking Evil Dead, one of the most uh, resilient and popular horror movies of all time, basically. I mean, not even just the 80s. Evil Dead fucking is one of the best. And I I really respect that, that uh, like <laughs> the the probability of those circumstances turning out a total piece of shit movie are very high and so the fact that they put out a movie that's that fucking good um means means something very uh deep to me personally and so like I, that's why I'll regard it uh, as a higher, I, I regard it as, as a more um, ambitious and uh, impressive movie than Evil Dead 2, and even though Evil Dead 2 is clearly like the better movie, and there's a lot going on in that movie that's just, you know, leaps and bounds better than Evil Dead 1 um, on many different fronts. But, uh, I don't know. The fucking <laughs> Evil Dead, man. It's, it's the shit. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again. It's, it's fucking dope. Number two on the list. An American Werewolf in London. Now, this movie... <laughs> you want to talk about another badass movie. Here you go. American Werewolf in London. Fucking great movie. Uh, I saw this when I was a kid. I didn't get to see a lot of horror movies when I was a kid, but um, this was one of the ones that I was able to watch. And that fucking transformation 
Into the Werewolf. I mean, I know that's like the iconic scene that everybody fucking brings up. But goddamn. I mean, they bring it up because that shit is good. <laughs> like, it's fucking amazing. Like, it's still... I'd probably... I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of werewolf movies, uh, to be honest. But I, I, I don't know that there's any werewolf transformation that even comes close to being as badass as the one in American Werewolf in London. I mean, in 81, that's 35 years ago, you would think that uh, somebody would cook up something. And, and maybe they have. Maybe they have. And I haven't seen it or I'm forgetting it. But, man, that shit is it's so good. If you haven't seen it, watch that shit. <laughs> It'll have you howling at the moon. <laughs> Alright. I don't know what's wrong with my voice. I feel like I'm all, like, rasping and shit. <laughs> Alright. Uh, uh, let's keep it rolling. Uh, number three on the list is a movie that I haven't seen. It's a, I believe it's a Polish movie, and it's called Possession. Uh, I remember, I think it was Evan was telling me a while back, a number of years ago, that this movie was fucking great. I could be wrong, maybe it wasn't him, but um, I've heard great things about this movie and I've always wanted to see it. I just haven't, uh, like, come across a copy of it or, you know, I haven't honestly really sought out a copy of it. But <laughs> there's too many other fucking movies. But anyway, uh, it's it's high on my list of things to see. And so uh, it, I don't even know if that it has, like, a DVD release in America, which is probably why I haven't seen it. Uh but anyway, I mean, this fucking, now I'm just going to go on Amazon and search for it. That's the fucking podcast. <laughs> we have achieved uh, full on to fucking, I'm just recording my life now. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a, an American release. It has a it has a looks like it has a Blu-ray by Mondo Vision, whatever the fuck Mondo Vision is. I never heard of that. Hmm. Should I should I research Mondo Vision? I think I should. I think I should. Is it a US company? What do you think? Do you think it is? I don't know. It, I think it is. Well, shit. But then I gotta buy it. It's fucking exp. Oh, Jesus Christ! All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether I want to throw down thirty-five bucks just to fucking see this movie that I've never seen. I'll be. I. I don't know. I can probably rent it somewhere. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all you're going to get on fucking Possession <laughs> by uh, Andres Zulowski. What else did he make? I, mean, I don't really know Polish movies, to be honest. 
Like, I don't really know much about Polish movies or directors or anything. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know any of this guy's movies except for Possession. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep it together, Well, <laughs> Don't go off the rails yet. Um, Alright, so number four, David Cronenberg's Scanners. So, recently, this year, I... Well, it started last year, and then it, it really uh, bl blossomed um, over the course of 2016. Uh, I watched all of Cronenberg's movies. I got really obsessed with Cronenberg. For some reason, his movies had never really... Um, they didn't really, uh, like, capture me when I was younger. Not that I saw a lot of them, but I saw a few. And I don't know, there was something about them that it was kind of cold that I didn't really like. Um, but I, what did I watch that really caught my attention? I watched the fir his first movie, Shivers, uh, a, a few years ago. And it was weird, but I liked it. It's not a great movie, but uh, I enjoyed it. And so then I had plans to keep it going, um, maybe every October or whatever, but a number of years went by. And then last year I watched Rabid, his second movie, and I believe, well, technically it's his fourth movie, but there's his first two movies are silent features that I, he might, I think he made them in college, but he might have made them just after college, but they're like experimental sort of things, so I don't really count them as features, uh, but they are feature length, but whatever. Anyway, uh, Stereo and Crimes of the Future are those two movies. Uh, they're not great. Let's just, they're hard to get through, let's put it that way, um, but you can see a lot of the like the base of Cronenberg's obsessions and his themes and stuff are, are right there and and both movies have really fantastic premises like a lot of his later movies have great premises um, but in <laughs> the difference is that those uh, first two movies stereo and crimes of the future uh, <laughs> don't really do a lot with the premise they're they're I mean, I don't know. The the first movie, Stereo, is is uh, it's it's filmed to be like it's uh, what are those movies called? They're like educational films, not educational, but like uh, like corporate movies. <laughs> like anyway, it's supposed to be about this university and this guy, like a professor or something is researching telepathy and so the the movie that you're watching is like documentary footage on that but there's no dialogue and it's just sort of images and you sort of, you're supposed to pick up on all these things and you know there's some good stuff it's really great cinematography and uh all that but you know not a great movie the other one, Crimes of the Future, the first one is black and white, and the Crimes of the Future is in color. Um, also the same great cinematography and uh, 
the premise behind that is that I don't remember what it was like some kind of um, like a cosmetic or something some kind of additive to a, a product I think it was a cosmetic killed all the women on earth <laughs> and so it's just a bunch of dudes now and somehow like I think they're trying to procreate <laughs> or something if I remember right uh, I don't know something like that anyway really really uh, out there intriguing uh, kind of sci-fi concepts very much in line with his other films as he would uh, mature but uh, his filmmaking style and his storytelling sense really uh, didn't blossom until probably yeah, what's the I don't know what's the movie after Rabbit it's like I think Scanners is the fourth movie and then is it is it that movie? Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, the brood is in between rabbit and scanners, but also in between that is this uh, fucking car movie called Fast Company, <laughs> and it's not anything like a Cronenberg movie. It's like a little drag race comedy action movie uh more comedy than action and just like car racing and stuff and it's fucking fun it's super dope <laughs> if you if you're if you like cars at all it's it's uh it's a dope movie and i'm not like super into cars i'm not like a fucking gearhead or anything but there's like really great uh cinematography always in a cronenberg movie but like because he he's really into cars so he films like these close-ups of fucking spark plugs and pistons and all kinds of shit like that throttles like moving oh it's it's really it's really good it's fun it's uh it's like a kind of like a 70s drive-in movie <laughs> just a fucking uh just a little romp it's good anyway uh so then i saw rabbit and i was really into that one that one was really fun uh, in, a, in a kind of a shitty, low-budget way. And so then I was like, fuck it, let's watch the rest. So then I blasted through all of them. And anyway, I'd seen Scanners before, to get back to Scanners. Um, and I thought it was kind of like, whatever. <laughs> the fucking head explosion is the shit, obviously. But the, the movie itself, I was kind of cold on um, when I originally saw it. This time, I liked it uh, a lot more, but it's f way far from being his best movie, and and that seems to be one of the ones that really stands out um, for like like in the culture. It seems like Scanners is is like a really popular one, and I don't know why exactly. I mean, other than that dope fucking head explosion, but anyway. Let's uh, keep it rolling. Uh, number five on the list is Halloween 2. And I haven't seen Halloween 2. <laughs> Man, like, I haven't seen it since, like, VHS. And I was probably 16 or 17. I was probably a little older than that, but 
Yeah, I haven't seen it since then, so I don't know what to say. I remember it, um, I used to be really against sequels, which is funny now, because I'll watch fucking any sequel now, uh, and just to see how, how much they run a fucking series into the ground. <laughs> but, uh, I used to be really against them, and so I never wanted to watch any of the Halloween sequels. I always just was like, ah, the first one's fucking great. I don't need anything past that. But then I watched part of Halloween 2 on TV, I remember, as a as a kid or teenager or something. And I was like, wow, this is fucking good. <laughs> so then I watched the whole movie, and wow, this is not bad. So, uh, yeah, so if you, <laughs> if you haven't seen Halloween 2, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it was a dope uh, a poster, too, the fucking pumpkin that's like a... A skull too. <laughs> Man, I don't know. This is like the worst podcast. <laughs> All right, but Halloween too. I've been meaning to go through the Halloween movies again. Um, just haven't had time, or I don't know, or the inclination really. I mean, I want to do it, but then at the same time. I know that, like, half of those sequels are in, like, the mid to late 90s. Because, I mean, there's a few sequels, and then I think they skip a bunch of years, and then you get, like, all that shit out at fucking H2O. And, eh. it's like, because uh, <laughs> I know, like, I'll want to watch all of them. And I just don't really <laughs> want to go that deep. I guess I don't have to. I don't know. I feel like I should watch them, though. Alright, number six is The Beyond, the Lucio Fulci movie. And The Beyond... The people talk some fucking... They love The Beyond. If you talk to people... I mean, not that I talk to people, but... <laughs> I mean, people love The Beyond. They love the shit out of this movie. And I don't get it, <laughs> to be fucking honest. I don't get why this fucking movie is so popular. It's it's just like, it's kind of slow and fucking stupid and boring. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Like... I remember when I watched it, it was a couple of years ago, and it was like, okay, I'm going to watch The Beyond. It, like, this is one of the fucking hallmarks of Italian horror movies. And I've never been super into Italian horror movies. Uh, and so, but I've always, you know, I'm intrigued because there's a lot of them. And whenever there's a lot of something, you know, at least a few of them are going to be good, right? So, every time, you know, I watch uh, an Italian horror movie, I don't go in like, I don't know, fucking Italians. I, <laughs> I, I want to, I want to like it. I want every movie that I watch, I want to like every movie, you know. Um, I'm open to anything as long as it's good or if not good, entertaining or funny or whatever. Um... But the beyond, it's like, 
I don't even I I just I don't know why people like it so much because like the gore is fucking great. <laughs> it's really brutal, it's really graphic, it's fucking great. So I get that. I get why people like that and for 1981 it was probably pretty fucking shocking because <laughs> it's really graphic and you know I don't know how many movies went as as like fucked up bloody and gnarly as a movie like Beyond so I can understand like people at the time watching it and then building this legend over time but I don't understand how anybody watches that shit now and and is like all about it i i just i don't know it it feels like because um, this is part of uh one of fulci's like trilogies i forget what it's called like gates of hell trilogy or something and the other ones are city of the living dead is that is that what it's called yeah city of the living dead which is not really a zombie movie, even though it sounds like it. And then, oh, it's an unofficial trilogy. Okay, well that makes sense because they're fucking not related at all. <laughs> um, yeah, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and House by the Cemetery. Beyond is better than City of the Living Dead for sure, and House by the Cemetery. I think I liked that more than the other two. There, one of these movies has a has this fucking scene with a bat, <laughs> and it's so shitty, but it's so fucking over the top and gory, like stupidly gory. <laughs> and I've I really enjoyed it. It's so fucking stupid though. <laughs> but I don't remember which movie it's in. It might be the Beyond. Oh no no no! Here it is. It's in this fucking movie, House by the Cemetery. He like, I don't remember if it's, I think it's on his hand and he's stabbing it, but maybe he's stabbing it on a, on a fucking table? I don't remember. And so like, I was kind of not liking it. And then, then he started stabbing it and it just, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like filled with a fucking gallon full of blood and this little tiny thing was just gushing out. <laughs> I don't, maybe I'm remembering it being more gory than it was, I don't, I just remember laughing fucking maniacally because it just went so over the top, let me see if I can pull up the, like a video of it, yeah, crazy bat attack, I don't want to be sitting here watching this fucking thing though. <laughs> this fucking uh, it looks a lot better than I remember the the bat anyway it's all it's a shitty little video though it's like attacking this uh, man it's all dark though I don't remember the, I remember, I thought they were in like a like an office maybe this is not the movie I'm thinking of Oh, okay, he's 
biting the fucking dude. <laughs> this is riveting audio. <laughs> okay, now he's running into the office. Okay, I knew it. I knew. And he's biting his fucking... Yeah, no, th this is a lot different than I remember, though, because it's not... It's not like that straight-on shot that I just thought. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He fucking... <laughs> he stabs this fucking bat, and you can tell that... <laughs> he stabs this fucking bat, and then, like, blood comes out of, like, five fucking slices. <laughs> that he's never fucking made. He just stabs it once and then all this blood just comes out of like all these other fucking places. <laughs> and it just keeps gushing out. <laughs> and then he starts because the bat is still uh like biting his hand and it's like stuck on his hand and he starts <laughs> trying to shake his hand to shake this fucking bat off and all this blood goes on his little kid's face. <laughs> Yeah, well, I gotta say, the bat looks a lot better than I remember it. Jesus. <laughs> it just keeps going. It's just... It's fucking... It's gnarly. I don't know. I can see how, how that would endear itself to you. But, but like, that's two minutes of a fucking however long that movie is. And, like, a lot of that movie is boring as fuck. That that one I think is the best one though, House by the Cemetery. Um, but anyway, the Beyond. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it's all right. Uh, I would say if you're a horror fan and if you haven't seen it, I would definitely say to watch it because it's like a big movie, and it's got some cool parts. But uh, good gore. If you're into gore, definitely watch it. Um, but I don't I don't get why it's so popular. And okay, so let's move on. Uh, number seven, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Once again, uh, like Halloween Part Two, I haven't seen. I haven't seen any Jason movie except for the first one in like fifteen years. <laughs> Again, just like Halloween, I've been meaning to go through them and, and watch them again and, and check them out, but I just haven't just haven't uh, haven't done it yet. So I gotta do that one of these days. But part two, isn't that the one where Jason is actually the killer in that? Or is it not? Because J I know the like the hockey mask isn't in the second one. Is the second one with the burlap sack? I don't know. I don't remember. Like I said, I need to rewatch these because I the last time I watched them, I was still a teenager, and I don't like I don't have a great memory for shit. I mean, some of this stuff I can remember, but <laughs> it's just Jason Burlap Sack. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Comes right up. Uh, okay, so let's see, fucking Friday the 13th wiki. Man, <laughs> everything has a goddamn wiki now. 
Friday the 13th Part 2 uses a burlap sack with a single eye hole. Yep, that's the one. And then does he get the the fucking hockey mask in Part 3? Because I'm pretty sure it's in Part 3, the 3D one, right? Yeah, okay, there we go. Yep. I'm going to watch those again. Those are fun. They're shitty movies. I, I mean, maybe if I watch them again, I'll... I'll think they're better but just, I don't know <laughs> they're fun and it's kind of just a movie just to fucking chill out and wait for the kills <laughs> I don't remember there being like much great movie to them um, but okay moving on number eight is uh, Jesus it's another movie <laughs> that I saw when I was a kid <laughs> Uh, Joe Dante's The Howling, and as I remember, this is a pretty dope movie. I don't remember much about it, though, to be honest. Um, I remember a castle, and that might be a sequel, though. I, I don't remember. Again, I should watch these fucking movies. I'm just too busy watching random, weird obscure shit and then I don't see like the big you know Friday the 13th and Halloween cause it's like I don't know everybody's watching those why don't I watch some fucking movie that four people have seen from Indonesia you know <laughs> uh Howling Castle now that ain't gonna pull up nothing oh it's gonna pull up Howl's Moving Castle the Ghibli movie ah, I don't want that fucking come on man the Howling <laughs> Today in internet searching. Um, for, uh, the howling <laughs> in a castle. <laughs> uh, now I'm just trying to think of funny shit to search. <laughs> Man, it doesn't. It just howls moving. Fuck howls moving castle. I mean, it's a good movie, but <laughs> I don't want. I don't care about you right now. Maybe it was Howling 2 in the in the castle. Let me just look. Christopher Lee's in that? Wow, I don't remember that. I was a kid. I probably didn't even know who he was when I saw that. Uh, folk Festival. I don't see anything about a castle here either. Jeez. Oh, well, whatever. I need... <laughs> I just remember watching some fucking Howling movie in a castle. Does anybody know what the fuck it is? Tell me. Howling 3. Maybe it's Howling 3. What the fuck? I don't know if I saw Howling 3. Oh, this is a book. Howlings are books? <laughs> no way. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, it is. It's a fucking book. Who would have thought? Jesus. Let's see. Ba 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 ba. Is the book in the castle? It doesn't look like it. No, they're in like LA. What about the movie? Are they in the castle? <laughs> Fucking episode six. Is this the one in the castle? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this does definitely. Oh, he goes to a resort. And, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. It's a fucking. What's the one in the castle? Howling 3. 
Ooh, now that's a fucking poster. <laughs> Howling three, the marsupials. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I gotta watch these fucking movies. I remember when the when I went to Weekend of Horrors, uh, Joe Bob Briggs was talking about one of these fucking Howling movies, and it was hysterical. I don't remember which one it was. It was like five or six or something and you were just talking about how shitty it was <laughs> well this one's in fucking australia they don't have they don't have castles in australia 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 do they australia is that how you fucking say that australia <laughs> this sounds wrong <laughs> Oh my god, this is the worst fucking podcast. I'm just, like, <laughs> you want to hear some rambling? I'm literally just rambling now. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just lost, locked into this fucking rabbit hole of is it in the castle or not? Howling 5, no. Howling 5, no, that's a fucking, that's, that is a, that fucking werewolf, I remember. I bet you it's this one, Howling 5. Howling 5, the setting of a large castle, rather than the film's... Wait. Wait, what? <laughs> I thought this was it, but... Wait, it's like worded weird, fucking Wikipedia. Like most other Howling films, it is only loosely based on the Howling novels by Gary Bradner. The setting of a large castle rather than that film's mansion, which is that film, the first Howling movie. It's in these fucking people need to. <laughs> and the castle's backstory are taken from the narrative of the original Howling novel. Hmm. Okay, so this one, this one, yeah, is in a mysterious Hungarian castle. So this is the one, fucking Howling Five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely saw Howling Five when I was a kid, and I remember it. It uh, I remember this fucking werewolf like stalking around, killing people. <laughs> I wonder who did the effects on that. It it looks good, whatever it is. Let's see. Let's keep this fucking <laughs> this howling uh, howling ramble going. Come on, who did the fucking effects? Uh, I don't know. I don't know these people. Uh, they probably did good shit, though. I just don't know them off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, this dude, like, this fucking guy, Kevin Brennan. He worked on The Howling, American Marvel from London, Videodrome, Thriller... Ewoks, Battle for Endor, Night of the Demons, Howling 5, Return of the Dead 3. Well, shit, there you go. I mean, that's some. those are some fucking movies right there. Creature Crew, Big Trouble in Little China. <sighs> the fucking good old days, man. <sighs> this fucking CG shit, man. Nobody... Uh... <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I just want to start crying. <laughs> just thinking about these fucking creature creators back in the day making dope shit. And just... <sighs> Man. 
Okay, so this other dude, Mike Elizalde, looks like he worked with Steve Johnson, did a bunch of shit, like Species, Lord of Illusions, Bicentennial Man, uh, yeah, he worked on a bunch of cool shit, too, fucking, ooh, is that that movie Headhunter? <laughs> it is. Oh, that fucking movie is fun. Headhunter, 1988. Check it out. <laughs> it's good. The poster here on IMDb is definitely not for the right movie, though, because it says The Headhunter starring Chow Yun-Fat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> anyway, Headhunter. That's a good movie. And this dude who did effects on Howling 5 <laughs> did effects on it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is, uh... This can't be good to listen to. Well, I don't know. It, it might be. Jesus, it's almost an hour already. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How long was the fucking castle rant? Oh, my God. How many more movies do I have to go to get to the... That's number eight, so then I have two more. Okay, and then I gotta... Okay, so number nine is The Burning, and The Fucking Burning is dope. The Burning is fucking... It, it's... That shit is on fire. <laughs> oh, fucking stupid. <laughs> um, the Burning is fucking great. Tom Savini did effects on it. I believe he turned down Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 to do it. Is that right? I don't know. I think it's right. It sounds right. I remember watching something about it and he said he turned down something to work on the burning. And that he, he thought it was a good move because he thought the burning was fucking dope. Oh, that's what it was, Friday the 13th. The the Friday the 13th sequel. He was supposed to do Friday the 13th 2, but then he was just like, eh, I want to do the burning. And the burning, the fucking effects in burning are great, great. There's, there's this shit on a raft where, because the burning is this dude who like kills people it's a summer camp movie and he kills people with uh these big like garden shears and there's one part where they're on a raft and the dude like stabs the shears <laughs> fucking right through this kid's neck <laughs> And I swear to God, it looks so fucking real. I, the last, the, when I watched it, whenever I reviewed it, <laughs> oh my God, I rewound that so many fucking times, just like, oh my God, <laughs> look at that shit, it's so real. <laughs> and I just kept saying that over and over, like, that's fucking real, <laughs> they fucking killed that guy. <laughs> it's so good, it's so, so amazing. This, again, man, <laughs> I'm getting all sad about fucking makeup effects. 
man, it, it was such a special time, the 80s. Oh, my God. <laughs> these dudes just, like, these these magicians, man, creating illusions. It's it's so special. It's just, it really touches my, my soul. I love it. I, I just, I love the craft of it. I, I wish I well, I don't wish I could do it. I don't really want to do it. I just want to watch it, <laughs> to be honest. But I just, uh, I love learning about it and, and uh, kind of watching it and being like, how the fuck did they do that? And then trying to be like, oh, I think that, you know, this dude is underneath this thing and his head's popped out or, you know, whatever the, the trick might be. Uh, but yeah, the burning, it's fucking great. And it features... It's like a really early Miramax movie. I don't think it's the first one, but it's uh, it's one of the first. So if you watch it, it has a really cool old Miramax logo. Is it a Miramax or Dimension? It might be Dimension. Anyway, watch it. It has an old logo. I'm a, I really love old logos, so um, it's stuck with me. Uh, but it, it's uh, Holly Hunter and Jason Alexander are in it, and they're like super fucking young um, in it. And probably some other people too. Um, but I don't remember. So that's the burning. Uh, it's fucking great. <laughs> 81, man. It's a fucking good year. And then number 10 on the list is My Bloody Valentine. Uh, again, uh, <laughs> a fucking broken record. Uh, My Bloody Valentine is fucking great. Um, if you like horror and you haven't seen it, definitely fucking watch it because it's great. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say, man. Just, uh, it's it's such a fucking good movie. It's so fucking good. I, I don't remember, it's been too long since I saw it to, to like, pull out a specific scene, but it's about, like, a miner, and he's fucking killing people, like, with a pickaxe or some shit. It's like a slasher. It's fucking great. It's so fun. It's such a good movie. What else did this dude make? George Mihalka. What else? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He made some fucking movie in 95 <laughs> starring Michael Caine. <laughs> it's called Bullet to Beijing. <laughs> I don't know why that's so fucking funny to me. But if you could see this poster... <laughs> It's just a Michael Caine holding this gun, and it looks all photoshopped. <laughs> what else did this dude make? Uh, nothing, nothing that really stands out to me. Huh. Weird. Well, fucking My Bloody Valentine is dope. So that's all you need to make. One, one, one great movie, and you're fucking set. Um, so that's the top ten. Uh, I've seen nine of them. And I remember, you know, most of them are pretty fucking great. So check them out if you haven't. Uh, the other ones that I have seen from 81 that I would uh, recommend. Uh, House by the Cemetery. I also I already talked about that one. Uh, Dead and Buried. I just fucking watched that a couple days ago. And that movie is fantastic. Uh, if you haven't seen it is great don't read anything about it just watch it try to go in without knowing anything 
it's really fucking good. It's it's like a mystery and a horror movie and whatever. I was supposed to talk about that um, at the end of the show, but maybe I could just talk about it now. Um, Stan Winston does the effects, and it's pretty early um, in his career. He wasn't like Stan Winston. Like nobody fucking knew who he was, and he didn't have like a studio or anything. But he did all the effects. Um, I mean, he probably, he had assistants. It's not just him. But anyway, there's there's a lot of really, really, really inventive, great illusions in this movie. And it's, it's a fucking blast if you haven't seen it. It's not a typical horror movie. It's, it's maybe a little more low-key. But really great. Really great. And it's a... It's in that entry uh, in the in the genre. It's an entry in the genre of uh, small town horror, sort of small town with a secret sort of thing. But uh, it's really good. <laughs> like I was blown away. It was fucking great. One of the best movies I saw all month, by far. It's re- really high quality stuff. Um. So then what else, what else, what else have I seen? Omen 2 came out that year. Oh no, Omen 3, the one with Sam Neill and like the White House. Uh, I remember thinking that was a piece of shit, but I haven't seen it in 20 years, so I don't know. Bloody Birthday came out in 81. That uh, is a killer kids movie that I watched a few months ago. Um, Not a great movie, but the kids in it are like so fucking great they're really good they're they're like the most ruthless assholes ever in a movie they're so good you just want to fucking strangle these kids and so while the movie itself isn't great um i ended up really liking it because those kids are so good and uh they're so fun to hate (laughs) um what else evil speak Evil Speak is fucking great. It's uh, Clint Howard, and he's the star, and he's basically like resurrecting a fucking like a some like Satan's priest or some shit. What is it? <laughs> yeah, he's trying to resurrect a priest of Satan, and like it's the '80s, so somehow. Like he's he's like a nerd, so he has a computer, and he's using the computer to like help him decipher. I think there's a book, and he's he he uses the computer to to decipher the instructions for a black mass. And then when he's when he starts performing the black mass, like the computer is is part of it. Like the computer is running codes and shit to to help out it's so fucking weird and uh unique and i i loved it i really really enjoyed it um so if you haven't seen that that one's definitely probably a more under the radar movie um but definitely worth watching if you if you see it around um also in the under the radar and worth seeing it is uh, a movie called just before dawn that is a movie uh directed by jeff lieberman who also made 
that fucking worm movie, Squirm. <laughs> is that a worm movie? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but the poster is so fucking great that it's been, like, burned into my brain ever since I saw it a few years ago. Um, but Just Before Dawn is really good. It's, uh, like a backwoods hillbilly slasher. And it was all filmed in the forest, uh, around Salem, Oregon, which is about, I don't know, roughly a little bit more than an hour north of where I live. <laughs> so... Um, it, it basically just looks like it was filmed in the hills around my house. So, uh, I, I enjoyed that, and it's also a really, really good movie. Very enjoyable. Uh, if you like slashers, this is definitely one to watch. So there's that. What else is there? Fulci made another movie. God, Fulci was fucking busy. He's like a fucking Hong Kong dude making movies, just blasting movies out. Um, he made The Black Cat, which is probably my favorite Fulci movie because it's, I don't know, it's less weird. It's more straightforward, I guess. I don't know. And I like cats, so it's kind of a no-brainer. Man, 81 is stacked. Fucking graduation day. <sighs> That, I watched that not too long ago. It's really, really fucking fun. Maybe I just have low standards. I don't know, but this movie really, again, blew me away. I fucking loved it. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything specific to say about it. It's just fun. It's, it's really dope. And uh, Vanna White of Wheel of Fortune is in it. Um, She's probably like 18 or 19 or something. It's, it's, uh, I didn't even recognize her at first. It was only after I watched it that it was like, oh, fucking Vanna White? No way. And I went back. I was like, wow, there she is. Weird. Um, what, 81? Don't go in the woods is a piece of shit. I talked about that not uh, a few, uh, episodes ago. Piranha Part 2, The Spawning, the J James Cameron movie, uh, was 81. <laughs> and it's a piece of shit, but I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. It's uh, it's got its it's it's not great, but it has its moments. That's for sure. Um, what else? Mystics in Bali was eighty one, so we kn we know how how I feel about that one. If you listened to it last week, uh, what else have I seen? Demonoid Messenger of Death has a fantastic poster. But, uh, it's really a boring movie, uh, especially with such a dope title. <sighs> really bothered me <laughs> how shitty it was. Uh, then there's an, uh, speaking of being bothered by shitty movies, uh, fucking Jaws of Satan. <laughs> Great title, right? And, uh, the premise of this movie is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> And so it's so fucking disappointing to me. So, like, first of all, it's called Jaws of Satan, right? How fucking great is that? I mean, how can a movie called Jaws of Satan not be fucking fun? But it's, it's, it, this movie is like the lamest fucking movie ever. But here's the premise. Now, now, listen to this premise and tell me that it's not fucking great. So there's snakes, right? <laughs> There's snakes, and the snakes 
are possessed by Satan. And the snakes that are possessed by Satan are going around town murdering people, right? Okay. And why these possessed snakes are going around town murdering people? Well, it's to get back at uh, the town's priest uh, who has a bunch of ancestors who at one point in time angered the druids <laughs> really that's that's the fucking premise like <laughs> it's a great premise it's a great piece of shit premise that that really should have uh delivered a great fun movie uh but instead uh, the movie really tries to go and be serious and it's like how can you take a fucking possessed by satan snake movie serious <laughs> i don't know i mean it's just this is a fucking piece of shit movie unfortunately because i mean it really i think it i think it had potential uh, anything else? 81. Uh, Lady Stay Dead. I talked about that a couple episodes ago. It's, it's pretty good. Um, Bewitched. Good old favorite Bewitched was 81. Uh, the Imp, another Hong Kong horror movie that I watched, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago. And that one was good. Uh, it's good to me. I love Hong Kong, so I don't know... Definitely not an entry-level Hong Kong movie. Like, I don't think... It would it would make people want to see more Hong Kong movies, but if you like Hong Kong movies, I think you would like it. It's fun. Um, it's a good movie. Anything else that I've seen in '81? I don't think so. Well, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Sometimes I don't have them all checked, but whatever. I don't know. Anyway, anything else uh, that I haven't seen stand out? Let's see, uh, The Fun House, Toby Hooper's The Fun House, haven't seen that. Uh, the Prowler, Wes Craven's Deadly Blessing, uh, the fucking Umberto Lenzi movie, Cannibal Ferox, or Ferro, or whatever. Um, I'm not into cannibal movies specifically, but I like Lenzi, so I'd watch it. Uh, Happy Birthday to Me. Road Games, Burial Ground, Wolfen, fucking Galaxy of Terror, Nightmare, Ghost Story, Hell Knight, Final Exam, The Pit. Man, there's a fucking shitload. Jesus Christ. The Hand? What the fuck is The Hand? I gotta see that shit. The Hand. <laughs> Ooh, fuck. Directed by Oliver Stone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Michael Caine. Ah, it's probably more respectable than I want. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it might be good. I don't know. Dead Kids. I've heard that is good. The Boogans. Shit, man. 81 is stacked. Inseminoid, the fucking alien ripoff. Jesus Christ. So many. Full Moon High. Is that That's a Larry Cohen movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Man, I fucking love Larry Cohen. He's fucking great. There's so many, man. 81 is just fucking full of dope movies, or at least movies that look dope to me. <laughs> wow. Man, I just, 
I fucking love horror movies. It just makes me so happy just looking at these posters. Oh, fuck, the Quachi Hung movie Corpse Mania that I haven't seen yet. I've been holding back on that one because it's called Corpse Mania. Not because, like, I think it's going to be bad, but because I think it's going to be good and I don't want to, like, I, I have this thing about things that I like. I like to hold back so that uh, I have more later. But I'm, I'm getting to the point of running out of Quachi Hung horror movies, so I think that might be the last one that I haven't seen. Um, anything else? I don't know. Yeah, probably. None of these things are really standing out to me. Uh, I don't fucking know. Alright. Uh, should I call it? I think I should call it. Alright. So, yeah, that's, uh, 1981. Uh, it's fucking great year for horror for sure uh probably a better year than 80 even though 1980 has the shining friday the 13th the fog fucking oh man i don't know those are dope movies but but just in sheer in terms of sheer number of like great movies 81 has got to be better even though like the shining is such a big movie but fucking Evil Dead. I mean, just with Evil Dead, you kind of, like, cancel everything else out, man. I don't know. Okay, let's fucking get on with this shit. Alright, so, uh... What is this? Is it good or a piece of shit? I don't know which is it. Is it good or a piece of shit? I don't know which is it. So first off, I watched The Stuff, Larry Cohen movie. I, I absolutely loved it when I saw it um, a few years ago to review it. Uh, I watched it again because it just came out on Blu-ray from Arrow. So I got a hold of that, and uh, I loved it even more. It's a fucking great movie. I used uh, little pieces of... Uh, of uh, the ads and the, the thing at the very, very beginning of the last episode is from the stuff also. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> fucking drop everything, man. The stuff is the stuff of legend. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's super funny. It, it moves at a fucking, like, fast, super fast, fun pace. It's a great movie. Larry Cohen is a is so underrated in my opinion um he he is so fucking good and he's another director that i i really enjoy and i kind of i want to bust through all his movies but i also like want to save a bunch of his movies and i've only seen a few when i look at here you know i've seen i guess i've only seen five is that true yeah i guess so the stuff which is great Q, the Winged Serpent, which is fucking great. God, God told me to, which is great. A Return to Salem's Lot, which is not great, but uh, it features Sam Fuller in a cameo, not a cameo, like a supporting role, and he's fucking great. So it makes it worth it, basically, <laughs> just right there. And then his first movie, Bone, which is. Uh, 
I don't know if I'd call it great, but it's really good. It's really good. It's uh, not a horror movie. Uh, Yafet Kodo plays like a home invasion guy, and but it's a movie uh, about racism and how like white people are basically scared of black people and like blame things on them just because they're black like like uh they judge them before they know them sort of thing uh and it's really really well done really well written especially for a first movie um but he he might have uh written some scripts before that because he he wrote a lot of movies and i don't know when he started writing movies but i think it was before bone uh, I'm getting tired, man. Jesus, I just started this. Uh, okay, so uh, the stuff is definitely good, without a doubt. Uh, as high a good as you can get. Next, I watched a Hong Kong movie that nobody knows what year it was made. <laughs> That's how great it is. It's just fucking lost to time. Um, it's called Pituitary Hunter. <laughs> Again, great title. But uh, not a very good movie. Um, although I might like it if I saw it again because it's kind of it's kind of hard to understand what the fuck is going on for like the first 40 minutes <laughs> and then uh, what is going on kind of reveals itself and not in any great way it's just like they forgot to how to tell a story for the first half of the movie um, <laughs> but then, uh, I don't know, it's fucking stupid, it's a dumb fucking movie, I don't know that I, like, I might like it better if I watch it again, but I don't know that I care to really watch it again, because, uh, it's so shitty, <laughs> I just love the title though, so I'll probably, I'll probably keep it around and watch it again, and, so, I don't know, I, I would call it a piece of shit though. At this juncture. And then, after that, I watched three movies uh, in consecutive days that were, every one of them was fucking great. Like, fucking great. <laughs> like, uh, just, just fucking great. <laughs> so the first one is a 1955 movie called Qu Quatermass experiment and it is a movie uh, made by the hammer film company and it was the movie where they uh, first sort of uh, experimented with like gruesome horror elements because it's it's like a sci-fi story but it has it has a like almost not a slasher element but like there's a horror element where this thing is going around killing people and there's some really great effects work uh to show the dead bodies and stuff i don't want to i don't want to go into it too deep because it's well worth watching um but it's in black and white and it was a big huge success and so because of the success of of Quatermass experiment hammer decided to like go full bore into horror movie mode and within uh the next 
like couple of years. I think I don't remember which one was first. I think the first one was Curse of Frankenstein and then Horror of Dracula. But I, it could be flip-flopped. I don't remember. Um, but I'm pretty sure the Frankenstein movie was first. And that Frankenstein movie is 57, if I remember right. So it, it's just like... So basically, Quatermass Experiment is the first Hammer horror movie. Um, and it's, it's, it's fucking great. It's super great. And, I mean, for a movie that launched, like, a whole gothic company's output, you know, like, based on the strength of this movie and the success of this movie, they completely changed their entire focus, or almost entire focus, towards, like, gruesome horror movies. (laughs) You know, like, the movie lives up to that legacy. You can see how people in the 50s would watch it and go, holy shit. Like, this is great, and then want to make more of those. So definitely watch that one if you get a chance. Um, then the next day I watched Pumpkinhead. Now, Pumpkinhead is a movie that I've known of for many years. And it's a movie that I really should have seen by now. And I've seen parts of it, and I know the the pumpkin head i know the guy like i don't know the guy but i know i know of pumpkin head i know what he looks like i've known what he looked like for years so like you know he's always kind of been around and part of my horror knowledge but i just had never sat down and watched the whole uh pumpkin head movie and so i watched it and it's fucking great it's really good it is directed by stan winston the effects artist um and i believe it was his first movie uh, he didn't make many movies he only made like two or three but anyway uh pumpkinhead stars lance hendrickson and hendrickson i think it's henrickson henrickson i always say hendrickson because the fucking hendrix is dope <laughs> that's the only reason yeah it is lance henrickson Man, I bet everybody calls him Hendrickson, though. Because it's fucking Hendrix. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, whatever. Anyway, watch fucking Pumpkinhead. It's great. And what I didn't expect is it's kind of a black magic movie. Like, not to the level of Boxer's Omen or anything like that, but just uh, like a backwoods voodoo black magic sort of thing and so you know that's like right up my alley so i really really enjoyed pumpkin head i i have the sequel uh over here too so i'll probably watch that pretty soon and oh geez i'm an hour and a half almost fuck let's hurry it up uh then i watched dead and buried which i talked about earlier which is great uh, don't forget about it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fucking great. Uh, Dead and Buried, 1981. Uh, and then the last couple of days, I watched the sequels of movies that I watched last week. I rewatched Bride of Reanimator. And as much as I like Bride of Reanimator, it's kind of a shitty movie. Like, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's like... How do I describe... Like, it, 
there's the, the first movie is great there's a great drive to it it's it's a classic movie for a reason the second one is really muddled and like you don't really there's no drive to it like stuff a ton of stuff is happening but you don't really know why it's happening or like there's no progression it's just a bunch of stuff happening that leads to this climax but there's no investment along the way like you don't really care because it's just a bunch of random stuff happening um and it's better than that makes it sound but like because i don't know i'm so fucking tired right now i should stop and do this in the morning but i just want to end it and get it over with um but anyway reanimator is technically like a body horror because it, it involves weird shit happening to the body and bright of reanimator takes that and turns it up to like way past 11 it, it turns it up way crazy so um it was directed not by Stuart Gordon, the guy who made the first one. It was directed by Brian Yuzna. I just learned that his name was Yuzna. I always thought it was Yuzna. <laughs> and I kind of like Yuzna better. But anyway, Brian Yuzna. Yuzna um, he directed it. His first movie that he directed was Society, which I love Society. It's, it's a fucking perfect movie. I love it so much. Um... And Bright of Reanimator is not nearly as good as Society, um, but it's it's fun because if you like FX, Bright of Reanimator is basically like an FX showcase for like a ton of different people. Usually, a movie will have like oh well, KMB did the effects on this movie or you know so and so or whatever but like they all worked on bright of reanimator um i think because of the the shoot was so short they they had teams working on specific uh things but there's also like a lot of specific techniques that are used and each each uh studio or each fx house like specializes and stuff so they they kind of work to their strengths so like screaming mad george worked on a lot of the stuff at the end in the crypt and B worked on the bride herself like because she's constructed from body parts so they they did all of that and um and other stuff too like everybody else get whenever it says what they did it's like oh they worked on this and assorted other things you know so whatever came up and then uh mmi uh john buchler the guy who did i believe he did the effects on the first one um his company mmi i believe they did the effects by themselves on the first one but i could be wrong um but he did a bunch of shit in the empire days of full moon and then he he also continued working with charles band in the full moon era as well um he was kind of like their go-to guy anyway so he did the the dr hill head like all the stuff with the head and then the the stuff with the bat wings on the head later in the movie like they did all of that and then 
uh, Tony Dublin or Dublin Dublin <laughs> did like the finger creature and the dog the dog that has the the hand attached to its leg <laughs> or it's missing a leg and it has a hand attached and then Dave Allen who did all the stop motion and full moon movies and other things did some stop motion and miniatures and so it's just like a fucking laundry list of great effects people working on the very specific parts of the movie uh, and it only had a two million dollar budget which is not that much money and for the amount of shit that they pack into this movie it's it's really impressive um maybe they got people cheap because reanimator was already like a very popular thing in the horror community and people just wanted to work on it i don't know but anyway it's not a great movie but it's so like if you like body horror and like weird body modification shit like they're hooking up arms to legs and eyes and thumbs and shit it's like all kinds of weird shit uh, so I enjoy it just for that, but it's it's uh, it's not that great of a movie overall, you know. Um, oh, I did want to say another thing about Pumpkinhead. Um, in, <laughs> I'm gonna get sad again about makeup effects, but like uh, Pumpkinhead is a guy in a suit, right? And there's a shot, there's a few shots in that movie where the guy in the suit has such a presence and he's right there I mean, he's on set you know obviously and and because of that the presence of that guy in the suit makes that creature of pumpkin head feel so fucking real and it makes it like i don't really get scared at horror movies i'm more just enjoying them and uh just having a fucking good time but there's shit in some horror movies that just really gets under my skin and just it's like oh man that's fucking like like if i put myself in the position of the characters or something like holy shit if this fucking guy was in front of me like what the fuck would i do <laughs> i'd be so fucked and there's moments in pumpkinhead that are totally that where it's just like holy shit this dude is like he could just <laughs> there's nothing i could do and specifically there's a moment in that where where pumpkinhead is like in this big fucking tall tree and he's crouched down kind of like predator in this branch but it's night and there's like a light shining up onto him and <laughs> it's so fucking scary looking it's like it's like you know the the Bigfoot photo where he's like looking back that fucking famous shot of Bigfoot. It's almost like that where he's just in this tree and it's not shot like it's mysterious. It's just shot like like wow he's up there he is in the fucking tree sort of thing. It's not not so matter of fact, but it's. It's not supposed to be like an illusion, like oh, is he there or is he not? The, the characters are definitely there, looking at him. 
but <laughs> it's so good and it's just like man if that was a computer shot it would it would be fucking stupid it wouldn't work and so once again just <laughs> i'm sad <laughs> that effects have gone the way of the dodo uh <laughs> just an old man like reminiscing about my fucking youth the movies of my youth <laughs> jesus all right one more movie uh i watched today witchboard 2 um now i i love witchboard i m mentioned it last week that i it was one of my favorites and i can't really explain or defend it i don't i, I it just has this quality that I love, and Witchboard Two is is very similar. It's it's directed by the same guy Kevin Tenney, who also made Night of the Demons and uh, I don't know some other stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm just so fucking like tired. <laughs> but uh, so Witchboard Two, I mentioned before that. I, I haven't I didn't see a lot of horror movies when I was a kid, but I saw Witchboard two like two or three times, um, and I don't know why, <laughs> but somehow it was around and I got to see it a few times, and I always enjoyed it, but I didn't really remember it going when I first started this one I I I didn't even remember if I'd seen it I remembered the the cover art, and seeing that in the video store a lot and thinking that it was cool but i didn't remember if i had seen it before i thought like oh, i think i've seen this but i don't know and then as soon as i started it it was like oh shit yeah i remember this and i kept expecting that to wear off but it never did like the whole movie i was like oh yeah i remember this this is fucking great and so of course i just loved it i had a great fucking time watching it um, there's no connection to the original movie. At the end of Witchboard 1, fucking spoiler alert, <laughs> it, it, it kind of like has a stinger where, oh shit, the Witchboard is still alive. But it's not the same Witchboard uh, in this movie. It's, it's a completely different thing. It's totally unrelated. They even go over like some similar uh, like uh, Ouija lore <laughs> in both movies. But... It's presented in in a much different way in Witchboard 2 because there's in Witchboard 2 it's just a, like a, a a novice like a Ouija novice <laughs> uh, using the board, whereas in the first one there's a novice being taught how to use it by uh, like a Ouija expert and aficionado. <laughs> so you get like this guy in the first one basically explaining a lot of stuff about the board and like how it works and whatever. And then in this one, you don't really have that. There's there's some of that later in the movie for some, for certain reasons. But like it's, it's, it's uh, structured much differently than the first movie um and w one thing that really stood out in this movie is there's some really 
fucking amazing, incredible shots in this movie um, that are just like a single take and they're the ghost vision, I call it. I don't know what it, they, the, the director calls it, but it's like a really wide angle lens, um, but it's not fisheye, so there's no real distortion uh, in the sides. It's just a real wide field of view and it's usually like floating it looks like it's floating over the you know whatever the subject is um like so it's flying in like a ghost and then it'll go th like the camera will go through like in i think it's the first time you see anything like this the camera goes from like across a building over onto like the building of where our our lead character is at and then it goes up to the window that looks into her loft and then it goes like and the, and the window is like uh not bars but it's like wooden sort of cross not i don't know how to describe it but it's like it has little little rectangles that are about maybe i don't know six inches by four inches or something like that they're small and so the camera goes from one building over to the next building right up to the window all seamless one shot right up to the window and then it goes through one of the squares and then it just keeps fucking going into the into the room and then it goes and it just keeps going like down into the, the lower part of the room and it's like how the fuck did they do that and there's a few shots like that in the movie throughout the movie and every fucking time it happens i'm just like i don't how the fuck did they do that and it's not always through a window it's like it, it, it each one is is equally ingenious but uh in a different way uh, but then there's one during this big like car chase where this guy's driving kind of like a it's not a bronco but it's kind of like a big fucking truck thing kind of thing i don't know he's driving that and the ghost vision comes and it's like looking down on on his truck and then it starts coming down to so that instead of looking from above like down at a 45 degree angle or something like that it starts coming down so that we're the camera is coming to look like straight at the truck and so then it, it cuts to show something else and then when it cuts back the, the camera is like right above the hood the ghost vision camera is right above the hood of the car and the truck drives <laughs> and the fucking camera or whatever the ghost vision goes right through the the windshield and out the fucking back window and so the car just drives through and it's like how the fuck did they do that you know and and that's the kind of thing in modern movies that really bothers me where where they're 
like uh, they're cheating by just digitally going through a window and whatever. And it just it bothers me because it's it's the easy way out. You know, they're not being they're not thinking or their way around the problem. They're just saying like, okay, and then the shot's going to do this and then it's going to do that. And then blah, blah, blah. And we'll do it all in post. So just, you know, set up this shot and set up the, you know, whatever. And it's just like, it's, I don't know. There's no art to it. You know, the compromise, the figuring it out, that's part of filmmaking. Right. And so I kept rewatching these and just thinking like, how the fuck did they do this? And because specifically the one that goes through the window is it's clearly a crane that's going from building to building up to the window. Like, okay, I got that. But then how the fuck does the camera get through the window without cutting? Because the camera's big. Like maybe you could put the lens through that, that hole, but you can't put the whole thing through there. So I watched the movie. The, thankfully, the the Blu-ray that I have has a commentary by Kevin Tenney, and he talks specifically about those shots, and he says like, "There's a dude, like, wearing a Steadicam, that's on a crane, and so the shot starts. The crane goes across the building and up to the window, right, and then." the the field of view of the camera is such that there's a point that the the camera gets to to where it looks like it's gone through the window and then somehow and I don't exp- and I don't specifically understand it because I don't know how it wouldn't come across the the lens but he said that the that window piece they then pulled it out somehow like like uh, he said it was like a sliding glass door so once the steadicam thing got up to that point it it went through the thing or it looked like it went through that thing and then they removed that part and then the guy on the crane just stepped through the window and into the room and now he's steady camming around and he just fucking goes walks around like normal steady cam but it's so seamless and it's so fucking brilliant and the 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 thing that goes through the the truck he was saying that they got this really small camera like the smallest camera they could get and he specifically said it was a uh, Bill and Howell, IMO, uh, I, like, your I, like, E-Y-E-M-O, IMO, and it's, uh, like, an old 35-millimeter camera that has multiple lenses on the front, like an old TV camera, and it's, it's pretty small, for, especially for 35, and it's old. It said that it, the, the Wikipedia here says that it was first manufactured and designed in 1925, um, and it was used throughout World War II and the Vietnam War um, for newsreel and combat uh, cameramen and stuff like that, as well as documentary filmmakers, uh, because it's so small and portable. Uh, but anyway, they 
they put that IMO camera on on some kind of a pole or something and and I don't I don't understand it and they just I don't understand it specifically enough to like relay it but he he said that they put it on a pole they took out the windshield and the back window obviously of the truck and then all the guy had to do in the truck was just drive forward the camera doesn't move it's just on this pole and then he just drives and the camera and the pole just go right through the middle of the the tr they just go right through the windows of the truck the open windows of the truck but it goes it's such a fast shot that you don't i mean clear it's pretty clear that there's no windshield if you really look at it but like in that moment you're just like holy shit so it's really great it's it's very ingenious and so it's the kind of thing that you know back when there was no digital they couldn't do that fucking kevin tenney figured out ways to get around that and to actually include that kind of thing in his movie and so because he was resourceful and ingenious and he figured this shit out and probably along with some of his crew cinematographer and whatnot they fucking figured it out and they have these shots in this movie that are to this day you know like 25 years later really incredible and very amazing and so you know you can't put a price on that that's amazing that's great shit so if you haven't seen Witchboard 2 I say it's good. Watch it. It's it's kind of like it, it's made in '93, but it it feels more like an '80s movie. So if you I don't know if you if you don't like uh, kind of weird, uh, slightly over the top movies, you're not gonna like it. I don't think. But I don't know what I don't know what you like. <laughs> Watch whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> but the, there's like dumb lines that would only be in an 80s movie that make, make it seem like it's not 93 like there's this one part where the the main girl uh amy dolan's she's trying to find this thing in her co-worker's desk and so she's rifling through her stuff and she finds it and then the 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 girl comes up and is talking to her like, oh, what are you doing at my desk? You know, you need to get the fuck out of my desk. <laughs> and Amy Dolenz, who, who up until this point in the movie is like almost puritanical, like so, like very uh, clean cut, sort of quiet, uh, people run over sort of person. <laughs> she just looks this girl in the face and goes, shut the fuck up, <laughs> like really loud. <laughs> It's so funny. And then there, there's another part where this girl says to this guy, I was a dancer. And the guy goes, you were a bitch. <laughs> Just so fucking stupid 80s, like dumb shit that I love. It's just so fun. Like fucking movies aren't fun anymore like that. All right. So that's Jesus. That was like two fucking hours. Oh my god. So so that's uh is it good or is it a piece of shit? I don't even think that I said if it was good or a piece of shit on most of those movies. <laughs> Whatever. 
they're all good except for pituitary hunter <laughs> boom done <laughs> um brighter reanimator i don't know but yeah whatever who cares it's good all right so uh upcoming on the site this week uh we got nothing this fucking podcast is it. I'm taking a week off, and I'll probably take off next week as well. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I guess I definitely am doing that because I'm not writing reviews right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so fucking find reviews somewhere else. Uh, you want to send any feedback, thoughts about any of the movies, whatever? Send it in. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus, I'm so tired. All right, uh, that's it. Adios. Oh, did you miss Freddy?